E-commerce expansion myths blasted. Successful cross-border expansion help. Listen to the show to hear how one UK company is helping e-commerce sellers successfully expand into Europe and double their profits. Hosted by Andy Hooper of Global E-commerce Experts. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another episode of E-commerce Expanded Secrets. Uh, thank you very much for joining me. Uh, thank you for joining me. From a, if you're joining live and seeing the video, uh, what is a very sunny um, room that I've now uh, got into. So, uh, for those that have been following the story, we've we've just moved into our new office and building, and clearly we've not quite had a sunny day here yet, which is why where we are right now. Uh, I've even got a little snazzy light on my uh, webcam that doesn't seem to be doing anything it would be clear to say uh so thank you very much for joining us uh it's amazing to have people on uh thank you very much those who are going to listen after uh e-commerce expander secrets is brought to you by global e-commerce experts uh we are the leading agency that successfully expands e-commerce sellers into europe uh we've got a great track record and it's great to have uh some guests with us today that i'm really excited to introduce you to so uh we've been we've been trying to match this podcast up for some weeks we're doing like a podcast swap but my diary and our guest diary uh, seems to be <laughs> We've been doing this the whole time. And uh, well, I think we finally got there, which is epic. So uh, today's guest, which I'm really, really excited to, to have on, is Yoni. Yoni Kuzminski, uh, hopefully I've said that right and you can uh, correct me. Are you there? I am. I mate. You've uh, you've said it. You've, you've nailed it. You're probably the first person in the history to, to get that right. So props to you. Well, that's because I didn't practice it. Uh, yeah. You know, when someone comes to you reading, you think, oh, how do I say this? Sometimes you just got to go straight for it. Uh, so, so Yoni, uh, thank you very much for joining us. It's amazing to have you with us. Uh, why don't you just give us a quick two-minute intro, one-minute intro, whatever that sort of elevator pitch bit is uh, for you guys. And then we're going we're gonna to dive into sort of a bit of your background and, and learn how you got into e-commerce in a moment. So don't give too much away. But enough to keep us on the edge of our seats, if that makes sense. For sure, for sure. The back of the baseball card is uh, when you read off what you're actually done in your career. But what what we do uh, is I have two businesses, Multiply Me and Escala. So Multiply Me is an executive search and HR function into the Philippines. What we do is we find high-level talent for professional e-commerce operations, and we help from everything from defining the roles all the way through to assessing the talent and then placing them in the business handling payroll and every everything else in between account management performance management the goal is really how do we alleviate or really make that a simple uh, framework so people can get access to better talent and the other business is escala it's a process improvement management consulting business and simply put what we do is we systemize e-commerce businesses to help them build for scale so I'll dive more into it uh, when I tell you a bit about my background, but I think uh, as the really quick elevated pitch of what we do, that's it. Nice, because I'm really interested to dig into both of those pieces because I think yeah, they're very topical right now. Uh, so it's going to be exciting to get into that. So Yoni, why don't you, well, let's go right back to the beginning. I like to go and sort of dig up the past a little bit, if that's okay. So tell us where you sort of uh, grew up, if that's all right. Yeah, for sure. So my my background or where it all started for me is I grew up in Australia. So I spent the start of my career in the creative advertising space in Australia. I worked at an agency back then. We're looking at over 10 years ago. It was before there was the age of uh, social media or it was right at the start of it. So yeah. 
where where it all began for me is I actually launched uh, Mercedes-Benz Australia and New Zealand social channels there, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Pinterest. So it was consisted of actually sitting down with legal, trying to convince them that it was actually safe to be posting on social media and that nothing would actually happen <laughs> to the brand, you know. So it was, uh, you know, it, it's not that long ago, but it's a long time ago when you see it as to how far we've come. That was a, a little over 10 years ago. So that was everything from social content production to digital strategy, web development, design, SEO. I don't know, Andy, if you ever touched on things like uh, SEO new back in the day, but, you know, the yeah. tools that really started the industry. And yeah. after that, I moved to the state. So in 2017, Before, I moved to... Yoni, on that, was that your sort of, sort of first sort of job, if you like, where you sort of came out of uni or school or is, was that your sort of first in, introduction to the real world? Well, do you know what? It's not. And I'm glad you asked, Andy. I actually, uh, my first job after I left uni, I was a headhunter. I worked as a headhunter for a year and I absolutely hated it, <laughs> if I'm honest. Uh, <laughs> I, I hated it because of the way in which it was set up. So it was, again, we're, we're talking back 2009, I think it was. Yep. And Back then, LinkedIn wasn't what it was today. So, you know, we used to do some really dodgy stuff. Like I used to get on a call, I'd call a company, I'd know that they have, let's say I was doing technical recruitment into, uh, you know, IT. Yep. So I say, listen, I spoke to I spoke to an information architect yesterday, can't remember his name. If you said his name, I'd probably remember it and they'd sit there and they'd rattle off all the names and at the end <laughs> of it, I'd be writing it down and... You know, a few days later, I'd call back. Yeah, and I spoke to a guy. And, you know, could I please be connected to Andy? Let's say they said they said yeah. the name was Andy, and I go through this whole process. So, um, hated that. It was sort of like dealing in flesh. You know, you're selling the person to the opportunity, the opportunity to the person, and especially when it's in the same place. And I actually walked away from about thirty or forty thousand dollars of commissions to take an unpaid internship at an agency that was that agency that. Um, that I started working at. So that was my first foray into sort of professional work. So did you see, so you obviously you, you didn't particularly like that or enjoy that. And you could see that perhaps this internship, this is where maybe the future was going or, or, or sort of a, you obviously social media was kicking off at that, you just starting to, but as you say, people were sort of very, very cautious around. I can remember exactly the same conversations. Oh, well, you can't do this and you can't do that. And you don't do this and people will harass you. And, you know, all the stuff that we know is true, but you know, you can't, oh, you can't go on it. You, is that, did you see, was it like your vision that actually I can see this is where it's going to go and interns the way to go? I, I guess I just had a real passion for, you know, I studied uh, marketing and management. That was the degree I did. And I also, I dropped out of architecture as well. So I always had a passion for things that were design and creating and creative. And I was actually in almost like an incubator, you would call it today, where we were one of sort of 15 companies in this space, almost like the, an early stage co-working space. And I used to walk past a guy's desk who, he was a web designer. And I was gravitating more toward what they were up to every day, having studied marketing as well and sort of sat and did some workshops and just realized that what I was doing uh, wasn't wasn't my passion and it didn't matter about how much money I could make doing it. It just wasn't my future path. And so I sort of sought out what opportunities were there, having no experience in the space, having studied marketing. And I got introduced 
pitched my thing and I said, I'd come and I'd work for free. Uh, I've got a paying job. I will work for free if I can have this opportunity. And that was sort of the start into what's been, you know, more than 10 years of creative advertising and digital marketing. Wicked. I love that. The, the fact that, and, and that's for anyone listening out there that's, you know, wanting to change career, you're stuck in a rut, you know, college, not sure where they want to go, coming out of university. Actually, that piece there of, hey, this is what I want to do. I'll come and work for free if it means I'm going to get some experience and everything else. I think that's an incredible, valuable lesson right there, which is nothing to do with what we're talking about, but I think that's a great lesson nonetheless. Okay, so you, you went to Mercedes-Benz, you did the sort of the the um, the social content, and then you moved to the States. Yeah, so, so I moved, yep. Why did you move to the States? So why did I move to the States? I I grew up in Australia, you know, it's the most isolated place on the planet. I mean, it's great country and I love it dearly, but uh, that was all that I'd ever known. You know, that was yep. really my whole experience. And so I just knew that there was a big world out there. I'd never even been to the States. I'd done a bit of travel. I'd been here to, to Israel before and, you know, through Europe and the UK and just wanted a different experience. I knew that there was more out there. So I actually, I quit that job even after they offered me a huge, uh, a huge promotion and opportunity. And I said, listen, I, I want to try my luck and see if I can find an opportunity in the states, and and went over there and took a gamble on the um, on the visa waiver, you know. So I wasn't allowed to work; I could only spend three months. There. So I said, "I give myself three months, and I'll see how I go." And yeah, that was the the next stage in the journey. Really, um, went down that path. So, so what did you do when you got there? What was the what was the plan? Find something, I guess. I mean, the first thing was I enjoyed myself. So I went to Burning Man for the first time. I did a bit of a, a trip around the US, and then. I landed in LA and so I'd done a bit of research before, you know, I like to yep. plan things out. So I'd looked at a number of different, I looked into San Francisco, New York and, and Los Angeles. I looked at a bunch of agencies and tried to figure out like, where's the opportunity? So yep. once I got there, I started applying and uh, pretty quickly I found an agency that was a really good fit. And um, yeah, it was probably a couple of days into being into LA that they offered me a role and and the rest, as I say, is history. I spent uh, spent the next three years at a creative ad agency in uh, in Hollywood, uh, working with Sony, Snapchat, Mastercard, uh, A2 Milk, which is a multi billion dollar milk company. You probably never heard of doing their launch into the US, and yeah, it was a pretty incredible experience. Oh, fantastic! I love that. So you managed to get into the states. You found a job, uh, clearly an epic agency. You you're at the pinnacle of what they're doing. So, you what, when you say creative agency, what was the bit that you really sort of you what was the bit you enjoyed? What's the bit that you sort of went down the route of in that agency? So I sat I sat very much in the strategy seat. So my role was coming up with the ideations around how do we actually build exposure and brand presence and and, and a strategy around content that relates to that brand. So I mean, I remember my first pitch or the work that I was doing with Mastercard, for example, was around um, a UX UI uh, app that we'd built for for Mastercard. I worked on the Priceless.com website. I mean, when we talk about the creative agency, we were doing everything from production. So we had a 10,000 square foot studio downstairs where we actually had our own area that we would build our own sets. Uh, we would do TV commercials, did a bunch of TV commercials, some live activations. Yeah. But um, yeah. I mean, the whole process working in, I've always worked in smaller agencies with bigger clients. So I was the 10th employee in, the, in Australia. We grew to about 35. I was the 15th in LA. We grew to 40. So 
unlike working in a you know a huge multinational that has you know hundreds and hundreds and thousands of employees you really yeah. get to sit on the war room floor you know when we're sitting and we're doing creative brainstorms it's not like you brief in the creative team and you as the strategist or the suits as I like to call us because they're the creators, you know, the art director, creative director and designers, you actually sit in there working on all of the facets of it. So that was a really cool experience coming up with campaign ideas and actually executing them and working with the clients to bring them to market. Oh, nice. I like that. That's amazing. What would you, you know, if that period looking back, what do you think was probably the key thing that you took from that? What was the sort of number one, I don't know, takeaway, number one thing you learned, do you think? The number one thing that I learned during that experience, I mean, I, I was very fortunate having grown up in a couple of agencies. So I think that the number one thing that I took from that is what does it feel like to grow up in a business that's scaling? What does it feel like to understand when, you know, you can literally touch and see the person next to you to, to when you're at a point where you have 40, 50 people and you've gone through that growth. So I'd say like understanding the different layers of management and growth up until that point. But honestly, from a creative and strategy perspective, how to build a brand, how to actually understand what do we uniquely offer that is different to our competitors and how do we actually communicate that in a way that resonates with an audience. Okay, I love that. I love that. There's two sides there, isn't there? That that sort of that growth and scalping, you know, you, you talk to a lot of your Amazon sellers, e-commerce sellers, you know, that growth, that scale piece is really, really important. Now, I'm going to try and put two and two here in life. Firstly, uh, the business you're involved in now, which we will come on to, is about systems and processes. And if we talk about high growth um, e-commerce brands, none of them have a system and process for almost anything. Um, so I'm guessing one of the number one things you learned from a high growth business was you need a system and process. Would that be fair? That would be fair, but uh, but the truth is what what we do in Escala now is well beyond anything I've ever seen before. Um, and that's because what I've learned is you don't need to be the expert in doing the things. You need to find the experts and play to your strengths. And that's, you know, that's definitely, I, I understood the importance. I would say that's the, the one thing is how do you standardize and having the wrong people in particularly operations roles around scale can totally derail your business. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. If you don't have those fundamentals down, um, you know, you, you're going to find it very, very difficult very quickly. So, so definitely. I mean, I haven't told you about my time in in Israel, um, but I was actually no, an e-commerce. I was an e-commerce seller myself. So, so, so yeah. I joined a business. Yep. I, I joined a, a business over here as a, as a partner. They were an Amazon seller doing two million in revenue, and effectively. In a 12-month period, I was able to build my own agency in the Philippines and build a system and an infrastructure and took it to 5 million 12 months, 12 months later. So we had rapid growth in that experience and we, yep. you know, we were able to, to handle it. That business got acquired by Thrasio. And as a result, that sort of sent me on the, the understanding that what we did there was special. And if we can create that same experience for e-commerce sellers and businesses in the space then it's a really powerful thing because there's one thing to get to you know the million two million mark and it's a very different thing to sort of get over that hurdle and move forward and actually be able to, to effectively scale 
Yeah, that's the that's the number one thing, isn't it? It's getting to a level, building that brand, getting the brand, and then scaling that brand, especially in all the different marketplaces and options that are available, is really, really tough. So where did the idea come from? Which one should we take first? Well, like if we look at it chronologically, Multiply yes. Me came first because Multiply Me was effectively built out inside of this uh, inside of this e-commerce business. So we'd hired project managers and designers and developers and ops managers. We'd built that infrastructure. We had a, a recruiter that was dedicated and we built that ecosystem and, and realized that it was immensely valuable. So we took that with us. Thrasio is not really interested in those aspects of the business. They've got their own infrastructure. And totally. so... And so we took that with us um, and, and effectively created it, but built it for scale. So we spent four months building out the framework of how do you do this not for, you know, one business with 15 employees? How do we do this for hundreds of businesses with thousands of employees? So we spent a long time building out that, that operational infrastructure and what that looked like at, at scale. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. I, I love that because you've taken something and now you're thinking about how we can do that differently. What do we need to do to make this work for other people? So during that period, then you, you say you took a few months to sort of work that out, build that framework. What does that framework look like now? You know, obviously you've probably tweaked it and changed it along the route, I guess, to a degree, but what, what, is, what does that framework look like? How do you, how does that support sellers now? Yeah, so so the Multiply Me business supports sellers in, in a few different ways. We have a few different models, but the first, you know, the first and clearest point is that we find the best talent in the Philippines. So I always, you know, I like to say that onlinejobs.ph, which a lot of people are, are familiar with to source talent out of the Philippines, it's like the gateway drug to the Philippines. You find talent that's sort of just good enough to to be able to do baseline tasks like data entry or, you know, some social media work, but if you can dig deeper and you can find job boards that are only available to Filipino entities or if you can build networks, like we, we've got 10 full-time recruiters that actually help find yeah. high-level talent. So nice. uh, what we're doing is we're really reducing the time needed to find talent because that's our responsibility. We know where to look and then we'll vet them. You know, We'll go through five rounds of interview before we submit a top three. So it might take 30 days, but... We might vet hundreds of candidates to get to a top three that we feel are a worthwhile fit. And at that point, assuming one of them is a fit, then we also build the whole onboarding plan. We handle performance management for our full service. You know, we look to break down any cultural barriers. The idea is that they've always got, uh, you know, someone to turn to if things don't yeah. go to plan. And and that's really the objective here is how do we help make that really seamless? And also, um, I'll share as well, like I started the business as well, partially as a social mission too. A lot of Filipinos are exploited and paid really, you know, I would say unfair salaries. And so, you know, it's a big thing for us that we pay healthcare and social security, HMO, PhilHealth and yep. 13th month and offer things like Puggy Big, which allows them to effectively borrow against uh, to buy a home, for example. So, you know, for, for me, it's very much about creating win-win scenarios where we find great talent and they're paid fairly and effectively everyone can scale and win together. Yeah, and I, I love that piece because I think that's really, really important. You quite often hear sellers saying, oh, I'm trying to outsource this piece or this piece. Um, and you know, they're saying, well, I want to outsource this, but I don't know where to go or who to go to because you know I'm not sure of the capability. I'm not sure they've been stretched. I'm not sure they've been tested. Uh, and this is an amazing way of doing that, specifically 
for Amazon sellers. So I, I, I love the, that fact. Um, okay, so we've got that piece. Move to guys. The idea for that come. Yeah. So the idea for that, um, you know, if I'm if I'm honest, it, it almost happened by accident. Um, I interviewed someone who was our first consultant, and in that experience, I just realized that um, she wants to be a project manager for our our marketing team. She was yep. an ex EY management consultant. She'd spent five years there in a process improvement capacity. So on the back of that, she did a, the first project internally. And what I realized was that this would be life changing for people. So fast forward about a year and a half now, we've got 25 management consultants who most of them are ex Ernst & Young. Some are out of Deloitte and Accenture, all out of the Philippines. And you know, to be totally transparent, we leveraged initially the notion or the methodology that they built inside of EY around process improvement. And yep. we've focused on e-commerce sellers doing, you know, uh, serious numbers, but but we're not talking about working with Apple and Microsoft and Google. We're delivering it for businesses that are in the SME space. And honestly, I, I'd be surprised. I feel like we're probably one of the first, if not the first, to try and tackle the SME market, specifically around e-commerce. So what we do inside of Escala is we build systems for e-commerce sellers and agencies and service providers where we look at how systemized the business is based on people, process, and technology. We have our own maturity framework where we look at where do they actually sit against those three disciplines and how do we then free up bottlenecks and build a future state where it's actually optimized. So what's been a really cool experience for me on a personal level I had today, uh, Escala is delivering a project into Multiply Me right now. So we're into the 15th week of a 20-week engagement and... Because Escala exists, Multiply Me is now a much more efficient business. We're, we've restructured the organization. We're building out all the SOPs, the training videos, and the documentation. And that's really the objective is how do we commit the business to paper and build it in a scalable solution? Yeah, fantastic. And I think when you, when you obviously, the, the big thing there is you've, you've already touched on it, but yeah, where the Thrasio piece and other businesses right now, you know, there's a lot of acquisition happening and successful acquisitions really come from someone being able to pick up your business and walk away with it with a solid system and a process. The more systems and processes you've got in place, actually the bigger leverage you can get and the more you can actually actively sell your business for to a degree spot on some of those and so that's really really per yeah, perfect right now so i guess is your target market for that specifically right now those brands that are looking to exit in the next i don't know 6 12 18 24 months i'm not sure if there's a sweet yeah. spot there no andy you've hit you've hit the nail on the head there so we focus on on scalable building scalable or, or saleable businesses and so yeah. You know, to give you insight, we partner with a number of investment banks in the space and brokers where they'll come to us and say, right, we've got this business. They're going to look to exit 12 months from now. If you, Can you guys come in and document out all the processes? So what we'll do is we'll document those processes out. And as a baseline, what it does is it opens up the buyer pool. So before, there's you're going to create more more interest, more competition yep. around the bid strategy. And, and that's become, you know, our bread and butter. Um and to take that even further, Andy, we work with probably seven or eight of the aggregators. And so the smart aggregators, what they do is not only do we build their systems, but we actually build in the acquisition you know, due diligence. So we'll come in and we'll actually document all those processes 
and then we'll integrate it into their mothership business. So we'll actually build out how we can effectively integrate them into the new systems. Brilliant, because I think the word you used earlier was like framework, because I guess once you've got that framework, that system and that process, you know, whilst everyone thinks their business is completely different, the reality is, is that the nuts and bolts are exactly the same. Um, and I appreciate that everyone's got a different supplier, but the process <clears throat> and the system in many ways is just leveraging that and just making it work and documenting it and getting it into them and, and actually getting people to follow it um, is the hardest part. So, don't, don't say that too loudly, Andy. You're going to upset a lot of business owners here who think that they're, <laughs> they're, they're, their little baby is the only, they're the only ones who can run it. Uh, well, that, that, that's... But that, that in where is where the beauty comes in, isn't it? Because you, um, at, at, yeah, aggregators, they, they want a business that they can run, not what someone else can run. And, and that's the beauty of it. And the, 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 the quicker and the, the people come to that you know, acknowledgement, actually, that, yeah, it's great news for you. Yeah, it's a great way of getting in. And from the aggregators, you're coming in two ways. Here's their system and process. Here's the person coming in, join, and off they go. It's, it's a match made in heaven. I love it. For sure. I mean, you know, I could talk about this topic forever. You know, when we when we speak to when we speak to potential clients, you know, there's fundamentals that people tend to miss on. You know, like yeah. the the visionary's time, the person who's typically, you know, when you speak to a lot of the people who are running the business, they they typically state that their best value position is coming up with new products. So, you know, why are you spending time working on customer service? Why are you worried about stranded inventory? Why are you worried about all the things that honestly, you guys, uh, you guys at Global E-Commerce Experts could absolutely help them with, yeah. you know, stop focusing on the things that aren't really moving the needle, you know, another, another area that, it, you know, comes up almost all the time is the, you know, outside of the product acceleration and the visionaries time is, how much time do you invest in onboarding new talent in trying to train them? You know, you, you step away, you're, you're working back in the business. If you build a system where they can be onboarded, it's a lot more scalable. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that I think, well, actually you speed up the recruitment, don't you? Because you, someone can come in, here's a piece of paper. Here's what you're going to follow. Yeah. Welcome to the job. Here's the instruction manual. Um, I'll see you in a few weeks. Uh, clearly you'd never do that, but, but it, it, that's actually, theory, well, actually, that's yeah. That's what we do in Escala. Um, we our first two weeks, there's very little contact. We've built it all inside of ClickUp, and they'll come, they'll do tests, they'll check in with their manager. But it's a yep. two-week high-level onboarding strategy where it's all self-service, and at the end of it, they're effectively almost operational two weeks in, assuming they've been a management consultant mm -hmm. at one of the big four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've, they've got a brain, and they can switch that on and, and, and replicate it. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Absolutely brilliant. Okay, fantastic. So, so who is a typical seller? Your sorry, a typical person you're working with right now? And I'm guessing it's a seller, which is why I said seller. Um, but yeah, yeah. So, so we'd mostly work with with sellers. Um, you know, to not to not to discriminate, but we're typically working with larger or, or sellers that didn't start selling. You know, yesterday, these are people yeah. who are building more substantial businesses on both fronts. We work with professional uh, businesses. And the only reason is it takes a bit of time for you to sort of figure out like, okay, I've tried a VA. It saved me a bit of time. Now I'm ready to hire professionals who can actually drive things forward that I don't need to be sitting over their shoulder or on the Escala side of things. You know, um, we're not super expensive, but when, you know, it's not, 
it's not 50 bucks to, you know, to do an engagement. So the reality is yeah, you have to have that vision to want to build a, a real operation, whether it's exit or scale or whatever it looks like. So typically, you know, um, the million plus sellers, I mean, you know, our, we've worked with sellers doing anywhere from about a million dollars up to a hundred million would be the largest, uh, the largest businesses we've touched. And then obviously probably six or seven of the aggregators we're working with now and, you know, hopefully more to come. So, you know, I just say it's more of a mindset than anything else. It's more of who do I want to be and how committed am I to the vision of the business? And am I okay with relinquishing a little bit of control? I think that a lot of sellers getting to that million, million and a half, two million dollars, you know, at, at a point you can run around and you can only achieve a certain amount of things and certain amount of tasks. So being comfortable relinquishing some of the things, accepting that, not absolutely everything is going to go to plan, but I'm confident that 80% of the work is going to get done the way I need it to, and then I'm going to focus on the key things. So I guess that's a long-winded way of answering your question, Andy. Amazing. I love that. So uh, for anyone, uh, we've, we've also done a webinar uh, with Yoni as well. So there's a there's a webinar out there that dives into much more detail around some of those things. Because um, if anyone's interested in those, we have got a webinar on that. Be on our YouTube channel, or I'm sure our Facebook or one of those social channels. In fact, uh, team, when we put this out, perhaps we could put a link to the webinar um, as, as well. That would probably be really, really useful. Um, so, so Yoni, look, it's been amazing having you on. Uh, it's been amazing to get, we could probably go on for another few hours on this, I yeah. reckon, because I've got another million questions that I want to ask. Uh, and I know that there's a lot of sellers out there right now that are asking me sort of questions, you know, you know, the, 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 I suppose the, I'm thinking about all the sellers we work with and they work with exactly like you. We've got sellers, you know, we've got much smaller sellers. We've got much bigger sellers. We've got everything in between. And I guess the one thing I'm thinking straight off my head is, is that for all of these sellers, all of them, if they had a system and a process could make their life so much easier. Um, and, you know, uh, I urge anyone to get in touch with Yoni to, to look at how that looks like, what that looks like for their business even if it's not to sell their business. Like, I mean, obviously that's an ultimate goal for many, many people, but if it's even to make your life easier, simpler, so you can have a day off or you can go to the beach with your family or, you know, you can bring someone in to relieve the stress. You know, we're all good as business owners. You know, we're all very good at doing certain things and we need to get much better at letting things go to other people and actually bringing in that expertise. And you know, one of, I'll do another podcast business inside of secrets. And in that one, we talked many times about with business owners about, you know, how they brought their first member of staff in their second, their third, their fourth, and that ability to be able to let go of things and have the confidence that someone's taking my baby and I'm going to let them go with it. And Oh no, can I do this? Can I not do that? Uh, it's really, really key. So, you know, it's no different to any e-commerce seller that, you know, as you grow and you develop, you need to bring people in and let people do some of those other bits for you. So, Yoni, if people want to get in contact with you, where's the best place for them to do that? Yeah. Um, so if you want to get in touch, you can feel free to email me at Yoni at Multiply Me, spelled M-I-I. You can see it actually on the screen or Yoni at We Are a Scala. Um, check out either our websites. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn too, Yoni Kosminski, as Andy correctly uh read out before uh, but yeah you're, you're welcome to it excellent uh thank you very much for your time yoni uh this has been another successful i would say uh podcast uh, it's been great to have yoni on i think there's some great things there for sellers uh e-commerce brands looking to expand you know expanding to europe whether you're expanding to your system of process 
And actually, if we thought, if I thought, start thinking about you, know, many sellers, they say to me, oh, well, you're expanding to Europe. You know, I need more people. I need more things. I need this. I need this. I need that. Well, actually, if you've got the right system and process in place, actually, that could become really, really easy. So perhaps we need to have a, maybe there's some things we could do there on that. My mind's now going over and over and over. <laughs> and ideas. Um, so that's amazing. So this was e-commerce expander secrets podcast, uh, global e-commerce experts here to successfully expand e-commerce sellers into Europe. You can get in touch with us in all the usual places. Feel free to leave a review, a comment, wherever you feel free to pick this up. Uh, I apologize about my lack of, um, vision. Uh, we need to perhaps get a blind in here uh, or perhaps need to just move to one of the other rooms. To be fair, you can't see my face, but to be honest, that's probably a blessing for you all. Uh, so there we go. Uh, so thank you, Yoni. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you for your time. Uh, this was Andy from Global Commerce Experts, and this was Yoni from Ascara and Multiply Me, and we'll see you on the next episode of Global Ecommerce Expander Secrets. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me.